Welcome to Account-Based Marketing. This podcast is designed as a collection of conversations with sales and marketing leaders, sharing thoughts and practical tips for becoming more customer-centric and accelerating revenue growth. Hosted by me, Alicia Linden, CEO at Momentum ITSMA, a global B2B growth consultancy and advisory firm. Welcome to this very special episode of Account-Based Marketing, celebrating our Marketing Excellence Award winners for embedding account-based marketing programs. Most organizations have ABM programs of some sort, but these programs tend to operate on an island. Uh, Embedding them into your marketing processes, technology, teams, delivers a completely different level of impact, but does require a a different muscle to starting a program. Um, IBM won the category for embedding account-based marketing with Persistent Systems coming in as a runner-up, as our diamond winner. And our finalists were Microsoft, Hexaware, and ServiceNow. For today's episode, we're joined by two outstanding submissions for the category, the gold winner of the Marketing Excellence Award for Embedding Account-Based Marketing, Cheryl Cordell, Global Program Office Leader at IBM, and finalist, Anka Jedry, Scaling Account-Based Engagement Lead at Microsoft. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Great to have you with us. Cheryl, congratulations on winning. What's winning this Marketing Excellence Award meant for you? Oh, this has been great. Um, and thank you for the award. Um, this has really just validated all of the hard work that the team has put into building and growing the program over the last two years. Um, as you know, you know, we were really trying to come up with a way to better align with sales and create a program that was part of the overall marketing strategy. And to see it, you know, grow and and really turn into something that you know has has proven to be a successful part of the overall marketing mix at IBM has been fantastic. And to come home with the win was, it was a great way just to, like you said, validate all of the work that the team has done. So thank you. Fantastic. It was great, great to be there with you at the award ceremony and you were definitely a, a worthy, worthy winner. Well, how, how did you get started with, with account-based marketing? It's a great question. So about two years ago, the sales team was realigning and, and marketing basically took a step back and said, you know, we want to make sure there's no daylight between sales and marketing. And what better way to do that than to align both with the metrics that sales was looking at and, you know, to get more embedded in the top account. So as they look to restructure the tiering of sales, um, the marketing team wanted to embed ABM as a global program across the organization. We've dabbled in ABM for years and years. And as you know, we've been partnering with Momentum ITSMA for a long time, but it's always been in pockets, either in a business unit, in a geography. And again, like I said, we wanted to make sure that the program scaled across the entire organization and that we really were representing all of IBM in these top accounts. And so we decided to build a structure around the ABM program, and that included the global program office, right? So again, building a structure, building a process, and then of course, making sure that we had all of the support from executive leaders across marketing and sales to, again, make sure that it was a part of the marketing strategy and not just a one-off, like I said, it had been in the past. So that's really how we got our start and then just grew it from there. Fantastic. We're looking forward to unpacking your your full award entry um, during the course of this episode. Um, Anka, congratulations on on making it as a finalist. Would, would love just to get a bit of your, your backstory. How, how did you get started with, with ABM? Well, I can proudly say I'm an ITSMA progeny. I was 
fresh out of grad school, and that was quite a long time ago. And um, I was wearing multiple hats at a small IT services firm. And it was just something I just happened to come across and started having conversations with ITSMA, jumped into certification, fell in love with it. And it's pretty much been an element or a flavor, no matter what role I've had at any company in my entire career. I don't know what you think, but sometimes I think of ABM as either a, a, a cult or a religion. You know, the more you know, the, the, the more into it you get. Well, that and it's a great mindset, right? I mean, when we look at the marriage of sales and marketing and how that has evolved, even in just the last five to 10 years um, in the industry or even just as a business model in general, um, and add the component of digital and data analytics. ABM is a mental thought process where I feel like it's a marriage of the left and right brain. And you just completely disrupt and evolve and positively impact and contribute the marriage of those two functions when you apply that mindset. Yeah, I think that's a great way of describing it. I know, Anka, in, um, you've talked a lot about growth growth mindset in, in your entry. It'd be good, good to unpack that a little bit. As you were talking, I was just thinking so much of this is about having client focus. And, and Cheryl, something that really stood out for the judges was this idea of being much more client-centric with one IBM. And that's driven tremendous value for your, your program together with the work you're doing and Wendy's doing. Can, can you share a high-level overview of your, your role at IBM? IBM today and and the program that that you're leading. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think you hit it and following on what Anka said, I think ABM, like you said, is is a mindset and it it takes the the idea of client centricity and puts it into practice. Like we all talk about it. Oh, we should all be client centric. Well, of course we should. But this actually ensures that through a process, you're actually really starting with the client challenges and then figuring out how we can serve those challenges and, and really kind of move those challenges into opportunities for our clients. And in terms of our program, we, we started with client centricity. You know, we really built a program office around education at its core, right? So, of course, working with you and your team, Alicia, we thought it was important to get everyone on the same page. What does it mean when we say ABM? What does that look like? What are the processes around that? You know, how do you really embed the ABM or the top account field marketer into the account, right? So they're there, they're learning, they're meeting with the client, they understand what it is we're trying to do. So again, we really started with education, ongoing enablement, right? It's just not a one and done, right? Even past certification, we're making sure the teams are are understanding what's happening. We make sure that they're fully engaged in things like account planning, right? So again, that's an important part of what our team makes sure happens. And then, you know, we build a community around ABM, which again, you know, um, spreading the love and, and, you know, getting religion across the marketing organization um, to make sure that, again, the teams can learn from each other, share best practices. Um, You know, it's not a one size fits all, right? Some accounts are a little more challenging or more open or willing. And so how do we, again, scale and learn from each other? Um, and yeah, so we really focus, like I said, on education, community, and then we also really try to standardize, uh, you know, processes and tools. So again, it's not um, a lot of guesswork. And then again, part of the best practices is um, how can we um, ensure speed, right? So if one yeah. ABMer has done something really well, how do we kind of copy and paste that so that another another ABMer can move a little bit more quickly and and get that value to the client? Um, you know, in a more, you know, quick, 
clean way. So again, that's really the program office's mission. And again, consistency across all our geographies, business units. Yeah, so it's it's been it's it's been a journey for sure. And I think we're now at the point that we've moved from embedding the program into really just you know proving the success of it and, and just continuing to grow it. Anka, I'd love to, to get your view here. We've had Keith Pragenhofer and Sydney Mullings on, on the podcast in the in the past from, from Microsoft, but it, ABM's clearly been around for a few years at Microsoft. What What's driving it now as you're thinking about embedding ABM? Is it about education, you know, consistent processes, and, and some of the pace that, that Cheryl's touched on? I think it's about doing more with less, which is a message you've heard all the way up from our CEO in the marketplace as a response to what's happening in the economy today. But also that was already thematically something we were constructing or looking at, and maybe we didn't phrase it as doing more with less in the last few years, but it was with a the concept of scale. I know in terms of ABM, fundamentally, when we think scale, we're thinking from one to one, one to few, and one to many, which starts getting us progressively into the digital space, right? But scale could also just mean, how do we realize success of, again, this ABM framework and mindset across other ABM accounts, or across the field, or even across other programming, which speaks to our growth mindset within the Microsoft culture as well. And I'm talking about a bunch of different views and theories and philosophies right there, just within a matter of a few sentences. But I think it comes down to, again, ABM, I always describe it as a Venn diagram of concentric circles. So we have our customer, which is our key focus. Then we look at the key stakeholders that we work with across the business, right? Whether that's partners, whether that's our account team or in engineering and so on. And then we look at our company and the resources we have there. And ABM plays in that beautiful center sweet spot of all of them. We connect dots. And so that's exactly how we've been approaching scaling our function in the last, I would say, two years officially, where we're looking at how do we take the greatness in one account or in a particular industry and in the accounts we have in that medley? And how do we bring it to the field at the same time? COVID impacted a lot of the industries in similar ways and how each customer or prospect approached those impacts were different, but our methodologies, our capabilities, what we could provide as different sound bites or ways to think through and solve the customer problem were similar. Right. I mean, we have these big buckets that we can apply and offer. So, uh, you know, if we're doing that for one ABE account, why wouldn't we be uh, interested in providing that awesomeness and those discoveries and key learnings to other marketers, other sellers, so that they could have that qualified conversation as a way to think different and realize and empower their customer. Got it. So it sounds very much like, Cheryl, your PMO is very much about scale and effectiveness and Anka, the way that you're thinking about scale and embedding ABM is about incubating, testing, you know, driving innovation in an individual account and then taking it to, to many more accounts. Would would love to get your thoughts, Anka, on um, what, what's the benefit 
to, to the rest of the marketing organization, given that central work that you're doing as an ABE team, that innovation that you're driving? What would other marketing leaders in Microsoft see, see from the ABM team? Uh, I would say it's about bringing more people along and teammates along on the journey to success and to realizing that value to the customer. Uh, it's about improving cross-functional effort and collaborative you know, synergies as opposed to sticking to silos. I think that's a best business practice. We're always looking to knock down as well, right? Yep. And I think that bringing that diversity of thought as well as function to the table is part of, like I said, you know, if we're looking at that Venn diagram and leveraging all the resources and power your organization has to offer a customer, that quite frankly really does mean the IP in each individual's heads and different teams that come together to bring that value forward. And that's what we celebrate, that diversity of thought and perspective, because that's what's going to impact and flavor how we deliver the secret sauce, you know, for success for the, the customer and what they need. You know, we could distill and say that Microsoft is just an IT company, but our very mission states that we're looking to empower every person in every company to achieve more, mm -hmm. which, you know, breaks down the, the restrictions of just an industry or a particular solution or a product it allows that room for freedom of thought. Fantastic. So it sounds like you're very much empowering other other marketeers, other marketing leaders inside Microsoft and, and, and breaking that down those silos. Cheryl, have you seen the same benefit for, for other parts of marketing in, inside IBM? Um, I, I think, like you said, when we started, it was you know the little engine that could, and we've really been able to prove the program out and really show that when there is focus, which is like one of my favorite words for ABM, like when we're focusing on an account, it really helps us drive forward, right? And, and we have a, a, a very robust portfolio of things that we can offer, right? And so again, we really focus, work with other parts of marketing to figure out, you know, how can we make sure that we're surrounding the account with whatever message needs to get across, but using ABM to drive very specific opportunities and really growing those and, and um, really, again, helping the account teams to make a difference with the accounts, drive value, um, and really be a, a trusted partner to those accounts. But that doesn't mean that the rest of the marketing organization shouldn't and couldn't be included in how we um, you know, convey our messages to the account. It does take some work, right? You need to get your tools to be working together. You need to increase visibility across what everyone is doing. But again, part of that journey is making sure that everyone understands what it means to be um, implementing ABM methodologies with our top accounts and where they play and what that coordination looks like. But it's been a lift across the organization. And I think, again, there's just been a realization that, and by the way, a realization, the metrics tell us <laughs> um, that, you know, when you have an account-based marketer on an account, we're seeing, you know, all of our metrics outperform those that don't have an, a, a top account marketer. And so, again, having some of those proof points are really helping the rest of marketing understand how we can can play together and, and again, ultimately make our accounts more successful and, and help them thrive, you know, in their own businesses. Yeah. So really, really bringing that, that client focus. And, and Cheryl, training's played a really big role. We, we've touched on this briefly already, both in terms of 
certification, but also the innovation that you've you've driven across the, the rest of the business when it comes to observer training. And we growth mindset is a term we, we've banded around so far in this episode. But what's the observer training meant for you? Like, why did you do it? What's the value been for, for people participating that aren't ABMers? Yeah, it's, it's been critical. So what we've dubbed observer training is so we actually have the account-based marketers that are assigned to accounts go through certification with Momentum ITSMA, right? And they they get the full benefit of the education. They apply what they've learned to their accounts um, and they, they become certified. But what we realized was that, again, if, if we're talking our own secret language and the rest of the marketing organization doesn't know what we're talking about, um, what methodologies we're applying, it becomes a challenge. So we started to invite, first we started with the, the global program office, then other members of the global team. Then we expanded it to other um, field marketers, members of our consulting marketing organization, all the way through our analytics teams. And we really invited them to observer training. So they literally sat through the 18 hours of training with Momentum ITSMA to understand what the ABMers were learning and how they were applying it. Um, and this has made a huge difference, right? Because again, we're all speaking the same language. It's, and it's not just about terminology, it's understanding how they do their jobs differently based on making sure that our um, ABMers are successful. So it's been wonderful and it's been a lot of work, but the amount of people that are raising their hands and saying, please sign me up for all those hours of education um, really shows that it's making a difference. And again, it's moving the entire program and the entire marketing function forward. Yeah, it sounds like um, everybody is is going to be account-based in, in one shape or form through, through that innovation. Really, really interesting. And Anka, think, just thinking about uh, Microsoft and, and where marketing was in terms of maturity, do, do you think the level of maturity and sophistication in, in marketing has allowed you to embed account-based marketing more effectively? Or, or were, were there any particular pain points or, or challenges that you saw along the way? I would say uh, ABM or ABE as we've rephrased it in our CMO has been around for a long time. I've joined in the last three years to be part of that. So a lot of those initial program barriers in terms of perception or comprehending what it is you do and do differently and how it's delivered or how to better work together and utilize the program, I didn't experience at Microsoft. What I have experienced is the benefit of our clear transparency in the accounts we're working on, what we're doing, how we can partner with our different you know, marketers, not just within our particular unit, but across our business groups and our different ops teams, and of course, across our account team. So I think there's been a different absorption. We're also positioned as, and you rightly touched on it earlier, as innovators and incubators. So um, when we say, hey, let's pilot something, our, the team jumping in with us knows they're jumping out of a plane with us and that that's going to, you know, get them a little sweaty. But like we have given them the parachute of trust, you know, and that we're going to go through this. And really, again, it's all about that end goal of committing to the customer excellence. And so we'll be fine. We'll land just fine. It might be interesting on the way down, but we'll get there. <laughs> So I would say, especially from just a talent pool, we focus on learning all up in our company. We have multiple learning days. I think at the conference in the fall, we heard the stat on stage where it was like, what, an average of 2.5 learning days. We have 24. And so that translates to our team as well. Like 
if you're interested in the certification, it's not, you know, remit to just if you're on the ABE team, it's open. We're a member. Everyone has access as long as you have that email ID. Go learn, explore, um, network with us, chat with what it's about to be an abe -er, um, for Microsoft, and it's just an open door. And I think that open door and open conversation has really continued to accelerate our success and adoption. Cheryl, just thinking about um, shifting cultural norms, you, you built out your program office, you did all this whilst uh, Kindle was also spinning off from IBM during the height of COVID. Um, how did you stay focused on building out this program office and a, and a large top account program team? Great question. Um, there was a lot of uh, turmoil and upheaval, but we really were focused on making sure that the program was successful. And we really wanted to prove both to marketing and sales that if we focused, if we went deep on an account, found one or two opportunities to really grow, that that would you know, really ensure the longevity of the program. And that's what we've done. We, we made sure that the account-based marketers, or as we call them, top account field marketers, were really just finding where they could make a difference, right? So they could be all things and, and focus on everything, but we really tried to make sure that they focused on you know, large transformational opportunities. Um, we got them to really look at their job as a marathon instead of a sprint, right? And, you know, got them to focus on moving the needle forward, but it didn't have to be all at once. Um, and that gave them a bit of that freedom to really go deep on the account, understand, like I said, where they can could make a difference. They really focused a lot on relationships, which is something that, you know, really we, we didn't have enough focus on. So again, focusing on, you know, who are those few stakeholders where I can um, build relationships that the account team hasn't been able to do before. So again, rather than saying you need to do everything, you need to worry about every single part of the account, focus on something where you can show success and then, um, you know, really celebrate those little successes, those little milestones along that marathon. And th that really seemed to help us. And again, help them stay focused. As you said, as, you know, challenges were happening within the accounts, there were changes in leadership at the accounts, COVID, Kindrel. But again, getting them to just feel like they had something that they could own and drive long term, I think really helped them to um, stay focused and again, build out those successes over time. Sounds sounds like really good advice there. I think so many programs, they try and scale really quickly and the focus is on, you know, let's drive drive demand, let's go go and be everything to everybody, but actually really thinking about this as less short-term tactical and more of a marathon and really focusing on that key R relationships. Anka, I'd love to hear hear from you on um, sales alignment, you know, tr transparency. Um, I know you mentioned in, in your award entry has been a major factor in helping to secure buy-in and, and get, get sales alignment. Can, can you talk me through a little bit about how you're approaching alignment with sales? Uh, I think it's to do with uh, best practice, which really is, you know, once you have early adopters and all those small successes like Cheryl just touched on, that you celebrate not just because you're focusing and aligning to priorities, but celebrating those small steps and successes along the way. And that's what we've done regularly. It's like a requirement and again, best practice for us and what I would strongly advise any program to do is build those sellers or those leaders as advocates for the work that has been done. Share that story, share that golden nugget broadly. Uh, as you advocate for this, what's happened, uh, again, lining back to metrics, what those impacts look like, 
I actually want to applaud Cheryl's <laughs> last few comments because it's true. The change is the only constant. Disruptors are becoming, instead of fewer and far between, more consistent. <laughs> and yeah. So approaching it like a marathon, that's exactly how we've looked at our alignment as well, to your question. Being very open in terms of our communications, admitting our failures, but failing fast, and then pivoting from those and taking those learnings so that we can pivot successfully with the sellers. I think, uh, you know, it's easy when you're part of bigger companies or, oh, let's do all the things and be all the things to get back to the core competencies, to keep it simple, remove the complex and focus on what's going to really resonate with that customer. And that customer in this case for us is sales too, right? So we want their buy-in. We want them in this partnership together. Um, we want to enable them. So having them just fully aware of how we make the sausage is absolutely important because they got to be in their bacon and rolled up sleeves as well, right? Fantastic. So I think, yeah, great advice there around be, being transparent and how, how you've partnered with, with sales. I, I was just going to add on to that, Anka. I think one of the things that we have found to be super powerful is getting the sellers to I mean, just talk about how they can't live without their ABMers or their top account field marketers. And and while we celebrate, you know, recognition and the small moments and the achievements of the account-based marketers, we've actually had some of the, you know, lead client partners or, or, or managing directors stand up and unaided talk about how, you know, I couldn't have done this without my ABMer. I couldn't have you know, I didn't even occur to me to, you know, open that other door in the account or, you know, they shared something I didn't know or they were focused on something that I didn't even have the time or energy to think about. That has really helped accelerate the program, right, is is getting everyone to say, I want one of those, right? Um, and again, I mean, I think as much as we can show performance metrics, again, getting the sellers and that helps with the alignment, right? They really understand the value. And I, I, I just, I, I think it's, it's so exciting when you hear someone just talk about your program and, you know, you didn't even have to ask them, right? They, they just are volunteering how wonderful it is and, and how it's making a difference. I mean, Cheryl, one of the reasons I know that your entry won the award was the incredible impact that you delivered from your, your program. Can you, can you talk through the, the highlights? Sure. And, you know, we're just off of a new year of metrics and measurements. So um, constantly looking at what we can do. And and, and by the way, metrics is, is is really tough. I mean, I know as we we talk to other folks, Anka, that, you know, that are in our in our roles. It's it's really hard. And so what we did was we really looked at the accounts that we cover with an account based marketer versus the accounts that we don't. And again, we we looked very broadly. We looked at the three R's really, like, and we looked at revenue, yield, and and for relationships, we looked at how many new contacts were we driving in the account. Um, and we tried to keep it simple, but really focus on again, what are we seeing in the accounts where we um, again, are focusing and, and, you know, we overachieved our targets both years. Well done us. Um, and again, really, really making sure that, again, that focus is, is turning into to outcomes. Definitely, you know, last year, our targets were a little bit higher than the first year. But again, we've proven that we can do it. And, and again, I think picking the right accounts, picking the right, you know, ABMers. So one of the things that we really wanted to make sure that we um, had as part of the program was that our top account marketers actually sit in the market with the account. So they are part of the account team. 
And that's made a real difference, like I said, in figuring out where they can make a difference and drive you know, those metrics and outcomes. So yeah, so we've been really proud of the accomplishments of the team so far. Yeah, I think great, great outcome. And you're know, seeing some of the performance metrics, um, but also a really good takeaway there of, you know, comparing accounts in the program versus those that aren't in the program as, as a point of comparison has no doubt helped, held you in good stead as you've course corrected and, and evolved your, your ABM efforts. Yeah, I think having a control group of like accounts is is key. And uh, definitely echo the sentiment of aligning the right marketer, both, uh, again, if possible, industry alignment as a a SME, but at least having that in their background, but also in their looking at the overall resume in their bag of tricks. Um, It's not like you go to school and you become an ABMer. It's like your school is your experience, if you will, Mm -hmm. and all of the experiences you've had in the various marketing roles so that when you do step into ABM, that's the richness that you bring and the the different thought or approaches that would be pretty impactful and instrumental to how you deliver to those particular accounts. It's a great love match on a lot of levels. Ankar, I know you've seen huge adoption and, and you're able to track exactly what is and isn't used. So something that stood out to me was this idea of KPIs with with purpose. Talk me through what that what, what does that mean and how you've been able to, to to really scale considering those KPIs with purpose. Absolutely. So as part of embedding our culture and just embedding ABM in our culture, I think the reason why there was such an accelerated adoption or acceptance or embrace of that was because we literally, each employee at Microsoft is measured against the growth mindset. So it's what you do, how do you build on the success of others or their work? And then how do you contribute to the success of others? And it's more about how you do all of this as opposed to just this long laundry list of what you've done. Right. And it's not even a you anymore. It's that emphasis again on cross functional collaboration and teams. So there was already an existing program. It's very public and out there. Marketing with purpose, which was built off of data and analysis and understanding how values in, inside a company should be reflected externally as well. Like people want to see that you walk the talk, right? That you're in the marketplace. And as an employee, and obviously as a customer of said company, I want to see that there's parallels, right? That they mirror each other, that we're not, you know, a Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde setup (laughs) based on whether you're external, internal facing, right? You want that consistency. You want that authenticity. And I would say in a nutshell, and that opens the door to diversity and inclusion, right? Of who works for you, who you work with, how you sell, who your customer base is and everything, right? It's all just tied together. So that marketing with purpose program evolved into business with purpose because it's not just marketing and advertising that has a say in how that company culture comes up. We are all advocates and champions, um, especially now in the digital age for our companies and how our message as a company and our values is reflected in the market and how we deliver to customers. So for going through COVID, understanding that every company is now resetting their culture or revisiting it, what does inclusion look like? Just because we've gone through digital transformation does not automatically mean that it makes it an inclusive environment. 
We're not all co-located anymore. Haven't been for a long time. Had to approach that differently during COVID times, a hundred thousand percent, right? So that's what this reflection and conversation was for that program specifically that we talked about that allowed for us to embed the ABM thought process because we partnered with this program, uh, looked at the content, looked at the speakers, and these are all the issues on the table with all of our customers. So now we could have this very personal individual with that customer conversation around the data we've seen, this data we've seen through the values that are driven in how we show up in mission and vision in the market, and we being either Microsoft with our growth mindset or any other customers and how they've done it well, right? Or how they've had issues over the last few years. Um, also looking at data that came from our you know, hybrid work research and looking at, again, like I said, just because you have the technology and the tools in place does not mean it automatically creates an inclusive environment. So a lot of this is impacting how companies operate or even how they do business. And so that's why it was critical more than ever with our approach for ABM. It opened the door for even other functions in our business to say, okay, how do we enable our customers better as they're all navigating their new normal and how they're going to be successful going forward. I mean, I think so much of ABM is, a, is about driving customer value um, and, and finding ways that you can do that as a, as a win-win. It sounds like uh, both of your programs have, have helped achieve that and really move the needle forward. So I just want to switch gears and talk about future plans. Um, Cheryl, one, one line that I loved reading in, in your entry was uh, IBM stood up a customized account-based marketing program quickly, effectively, and at scale that permeated the entire organization. How are you going to top that this year? <laughs> well, as you know, we are now looking at, again, how do we mature the program, right? So we, um, we're really trying to focus on driving additional consistency. Um, we have been working with your team, as you know, to look at what are the areas that we can go deep on, right? So again, you, we were quick out of the gates, and now we're really, again, taking a step back, going deep. We just introduced a new um, ABM council, right? So again, driving that across mm -hmm. all of our geographies at very senior levels, looking to really build out governance models. So looking at continuing education, um, looking at career pathing. So really just taking everything to the next level. So again, building off of that speed, as Anka said, we learned a lot as we, we, we went forward, you know, failed yeah. a little bit here, but then quickly course corrected. Um, and now just really trying to solidify everything, right? It was a little bit of a, you know, yeah. all hands on deck, just go, go, go. And now we're trying to, again, take a step back and really just make sure that it, we're solidifying what worked and building off of that. Mm -hmm. And then where it didn't, just make sure that we're, we're cleaning all of that up and, and getting ourselves set up for a solid future. Anka, same, same question for you. I know you've led the, the build out of a lot of the scale programs at um, Microsoft in North America. What, what's, what's next for you? Um, well, for us, I would say it's continuing to share that mindset. The definition of continuing to innovate and incubate has not changed. I think spreading that to the rest of marketing, it has uh, become viral <laughs> in that way. Um, you know, we're all picking it yeah. up and, and looking at how it applies differently to our roles. Astutely, you called out, you know, we're now North America all together. We're naturally going through some reorgs, responding to the market, responding to our compelling business needs. 
uh, again, to provide the mm-hmm. best value for the marketplace and for our customers to empower them to achieve more. So with that said, we as marketers are all looking at what we're doing differently. How do we continue to accelerate the importance and focus of that V-teaming across whether it's an industry team or a campaign team that needs to work together around a solution. That cross-functional work demonstrated the value of success over the last two years. So there's no point in stopping that. Like the door is open, it's happening. The Pandora's box is unlocked. Like we're not putting that back in the box. It is out and it's great and it's picking up. And now it's just about how you keep that momentum going and realizing that success 100%. Anka, it'd be great to hear from you on uh, reflecting back three years ago. What what would you have done differently if you were starting all over again? So first of all, one thing I would definitely not do different is the choice to join Microsoft. So I'm coming up on my three-year anniversary, and I'll just say it's been a wild ride, great learning experience, wonderful people across partners across our customer base, and of course, the employee base. It's been fantastic. Uh, I will say, uh, it, looking back, hindsight's always twenty twenty. So if I could do things differently, I would definitely tell myself and anyone and everyone, have conversations early, often, and with more people, and then take the time to pause and really revisit who are the key stakeholders, and does that stay true, either your company priorities or your particular business priorities for that fiscal, and of course that of the account team, so that you're always focusing on the alignments and staying nimble as needed, because obviously goals do change sometimes throughout the year in response to market or in response to your customer and their market, right? Yeah, I mean, agile is definitely gonna be a big theme of 2023. And Cheryl, I'd love to finish on your advice for anyone else that's looking to start up a PMO um, or a center of excellence. How would they get going? So my advice would be make sure that account-based marketing is part of the overall strategy, both for marketing and for sales. Um, You don't want to be a one-off trying to do something. You want to make sure that you're part of the bigger picture. I also think it's really important to listen and co-create with the practitioners, right? So we definitely learned that, you know, while we had great ideas as a global team and a global program office, working directly with the team that is out there working with clients, working with accounts is really important. So it's not just about surrounding the account-based marketers with support. It's making sure that we understand what that support looks like, how they work with us to ensure success across the board, I think is really important. And again, just constantly moving forward, right? Like, as you said, Anka, just innovate, move forward, listen, um, course correct as needed. But again, you know, co-create, do it as a joint effort versus um, as a silo, I think is really important. Fantastic. So stay hand in glove. Well, congratulations to you both. And thank you so much for joining us uh, for this episode. It's been fantastic to hear uh, about your award-winning entries. And I look forward to seeing what you do over the next year. Thank you thank so you. much. Good luck to everyone. Same. Thanks so much. This podcast is brought to you by Momentum ITSMA, a leading B2B growth consultancy and pioneers of account-based marketing. Learn more at MomentumITSMA.com.